what's on the menu this Thanksgiving Eve. It is MTEs all over the place. We're going to look at Maui. We're going to talk about Battle for Atlantis. Oh boy, let's eat. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome into the Locked on College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm one of your co-hosts, Isaac Shade, and it is great to be together today. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's great to be joined for the first time on Locked on College Basketball by Mr. Riley Davis, who has his hand in a variety of national college basketball pots, including helping write the massive almanac put together by a whole host of people. And so uh, Riley is affiliated with Field of 68 and Heat Check and all of these great things that Riley's doing. And so, brother, it's great to have you on. And man, it is Feast week, it's Thanksgiving week. I'm rocking my Team USA beanie in honor of the fact that all we can do is tie Wales in the World Cup, but whatever. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll do better against England, my home country, on Thanksgiving or Friday. I can't remember when that is, but we want to look at these MTEs. And so, we want to start with the main event, which uh, was out in Vegas over the weekend. And for the four team MTEs, for my money, Riley, this was the best event. So great. And so my question to start this off, how many of the four teams from the main event are we going to see in March in the second week of the NCAA tournament? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me on again, Isaac. Uh, For the listeners, I've been on the Locked on Tar Heels show before. That's how Isaac and I first connected. But first time on Locked on College Basketball, glad to be here and talk a little bit of hoops, a little bit of feast week, one of the best weeks of the year. But yeah, go into your original question about how many of those teams will we see in the second weekend? I'm going to go with all four. I think the big one is Illinois sort of exercises some of those first weekend demons that that they've experienced, that the Big Ten has experienced. But I I love how versatile this Illinois team is. I know that they lost to Virginia in in the final, but I think when you have someone like Coleman Hawkins who can swing between the four and the five, give you a little bit of switchability. Uh, But then you can also lean on a guy like Dane Danger, who's quickly becoming one of my favorite players to watch in the country. I just like a lot of what this Illinois team can do. And I mean, their freshmen have been so impressive and it, it hasn't just been sky Clark. Who's the most highly touted coming in. Right. I, I thought, I thought Epps had an, a tremendous game, yeah, my a, word. Really, a good weekend. It just seemed like every other play either since you had sincere Harris, who was making defensive plays and bringing fantastic energy off the bench, or it was like Epps was just draining these big threes. Yeah, absolutely. Like Illinois uh, coming into this thing, obviously of the four was the lowest ranked. And I guess we should we should name them. We haven't uh, enumerated all these teams. We had Baylor, UCLA, Virginia and Illinois. And and it was funny because we got the the championship game is what most people assumed would have been the consolation game. Mm -hmm. But boy, both of these uh, matchups were so high level. What a week for the Virginia Cavaliers coming off of the shooting that happened uh, the prior Sunday. And then you just have this domination that they have of this uh, continental tire main event in Las Vegas. Mm Got to brand everything these days. Uh, That's where the dollars are coming from. But what, Riley, this run 
that Baylor, or excuse me, that Virginia went on to end that championship game. It was 13-0 run at one point. I think it finished at 14-3 run. Um, what what did, what can that say about Virginia? This team we know as a defensive-minded team, but then to go on that kind of offensive run to close this out, what are you seeing in the Cavs? Yeah, with with Virginia, I think it reminded me of that meme of the the guy who goes, I guess I got my swagger back. <laughs> and I was just thinking of Tony Bennett where, you know, you think about three years ago, fresh off the national title, it's like, all right, Tony Bennett is the best coach in the sport, best coach you want to build a team around. But I feel like college basketball can – as sports in general can become a very much a, a what have you done for me lately team yeah. where people have forgotten that, that Bennett really is this awesome coach. And, you know, I, I think like the defense was, was good throughout this past weekend. I want to say it held Illinois under a point per possession uh, in that championship game. At one point, I want to say late into the second half, Illinois was scoring like 0.7 points per possession and really struggling against Virginia. But Honestly, I left a lot more impressed with their offense and just seeing the strides they made on that end where you have some like Jaden Gardner who gives them that sort of interior toughness who can score around the basket. I thought Reese Beekman obviously had a great weekend. Yeah, yeah. Reese Beekman and Armand Franklin was awesome against Baylor. I mean, he looked like uh, the Armand Frank. I mean, he looked better than he ever looked at Indiana. And I know that was one of their big questions heading into the season was could they get Armand Franklin to be that? I want to say he's like a 37% three point shooter at Indiana. And would they be able to get that version as a, as opposed to the one who shot 29% from, from three last year. And it looks like he's, he's stepping up and kind of having that, that bounce back. And I mean, even Kihei Clark, like he's been someone who, I don't know, I thought has been pretty average uh, since that, since that huge play he made against Purdue way back in 2019, <laughs> before fire, when Kihei Clark was a freshman at Virginia, <laughs> yes, like pre-pandemic times when we had yeah. no idea like <laughs> what COVID was, what masks were, like any of that. <laughs> um, that really puts into perspective how long he's been there. But I thought he looked really good as well. He started out super hot in that championship game, like maybe made his first three or four shots or something. And yeah, he's someone who I, I thought he had like bumped his head on his ceiling, you know, and was not going to get any better. And On his five foot 10 ceiling. Right. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. And listen, if Virginia can, can continue to look like this on both sides of the ball, they will absolutely contend with North Carolina and Duke atop the, a tr- what's going to be a weird ACC all season long. And so we will definitely keep tabs on that. We haven't even really talked about Baylor and UCLA. I mean, that Baylor backcourt is just absolutely insane. UCLA to me, if honestly, if there's one of these four teams that doesn't make the second weekend, I could see it being UCLA. If Tiger Campbell is having to be more of a scorer than a facilitator. I mean, it's, clear that um you know i mean you've got jaime jaquez but you like what what are you seeing out of ucla so far riley yeah it seems like they just need a they need someone else to be a secondary scorer besides jaquez i mean you hit on that with tiger campbell with uh, he's best as a facilitator he's going to come in he's going to control the pace limit the mistakes make sure everybody's happy but i mean they desperately need some production out of amari bailey yes 100 percent and I know Bailey, I think he'll be able to get there eventually. Um, if I was a UCLA fan, I would be a little bit concerned about slow starts from both uh, Peyton Watson last year, who never really found his footing there, despite, I mean, he was someone who I was really high on going into last season. I thought he was six eight with good tools who could pass the ball a little bit, facilitate, play play out of pick and rolls, and we just 
never saw him get going at, at UCLA. And yeah, if I was a Bruins fan, I'd be a little bit concerned that Amari Bailey, did he even, I mean, he made one field goal in the main <laughs> event tournament. Yeah. It was not a great start for them. Obviously, there's no Johnny Juzang on this team any longer, and it is very clear and obvious early. We'll keep our eyes on the Bruins and the rest of the Pac-12, which has frankly struggled against the SWAC and all sorts of stuff in the early going. Now, let's turn our attention to Maui, which is finally back in Maui. Praise Jesus for that, speaking of the pandemic. Now, Riley, we we just want to kind of hit on this quickly, but out of the first round, I I personally thought Arizona was the most impressive team. They, they've been doing it so far this season, but boy, did they do it again against Cincinnati in that first round game. As, as you watch these, um, what what of the Maui teams are most impressing you so far? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll echo that praise for Arizona. I think their front court has been tremendous. It's not missed a beat since Christian Coloco left. I think Umar Ballo, like, this dude couldn't get off the floor against Gonzaga two years ago. And I mean, he's averaging 18 points through the first four games had I think 17 yesterday. And it's like, it seems like he's able to seal off his defender and get open in the post whenever he wants. And they have the guards to get them the ball. I mean, you know, Kirk Creesa is a special passer. I thought Pella Larson, he didn't have like the biggest statistical game, but he's a, been excellent just making decisions and there's one play I think it was about eight minutes left in the second half yesterday where he had a rebound and literally threw like a full court outlet pass to to Cedric Henderson for a dunk where like I I love Pella Larson's game and I think he's someone who I kind of expected going into the season to not give you like Ben Matherin type numbers I didn't think he'd get to like 17 or 18 points per game but you know I think I expected him to be the the perimeter alpha, get like 14, 15 a game, maybe four or five assists. And I mean, he hasn't quite been that yet, but Arizona hasn't really needed him to because they've they've gotten good production from Ramey. Um, they've gotten good produ- great production yesterday from Cedric Henderson, who, you know, coming up from Campbell looks like he's he's ready to go. And so that's yeah. a credit to, to what Tommy Lloyd's done and how good of a coach he is, but absolutely. He's already shown that last year was no fluke in year mm-hmm. one for Tommy Lloyd at Arizona. I mean, goodness, these wildcats hit their first 12 shots of the second half in that game <laughs> against Cincinnati. Great stuff watching Maui. We will see uh, today. Wednesday will be the championship game. And so all eyes are going to be on that. We want to move down from Maui East and South to the Bahamas, check out what's going on at Atlantis, which kicks off today. And we are going to get you primed and ready for that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. It's incredibly easy to find a free job post, so why not give it a try? Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates you want to talk to and ultimately hire. So you can prioritize those who have the right skills and experience for your job. You want to finish the year strong and the right hire can help you do just that. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Mr. Riley Davis, 
Let us get to the battle for Atlantis. Again, it starts today, Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve. That's not a thing, but we're going to use it, and the championship game will be on Friday. On one side of the bracket, we've got Kansas versus NC State and Dayton versus Wisconsin. On the other side, we've got Butler versus Tennessee and BYU versus USC. And, and we'll get to the games in a second, but here's as I look at this field, it looks like it should be an incredible field, but we've only got two teams that are ranked currently out of the eight. And so I want to look at that big picture side of it for just a second here. What, what, what has caused us to get to a place where Dayton's dropped out of the rankings and Kansas and Tennessee and Tennessee's 22nd are the only two ranked teams in this field. Yeah. I mean, with Dayton, I think coming in, they, they don't have their point guard for one with Malachi Smith. I know he made his debut over the weekend and was pretty quiet, just played 20 minutes a game, had five points. And, you know, I, I think this is not a slight on the A-10 by any means. Uh, it's a great <laughs> conference with a fantastic fan base. Fan, fan bases across. Like, I gotta, I never want to say anything bad because their fan bases are just rabid on Twitter and I'm not trying to get them in my mentions. But I do find it interesting how it seems like every offseason we try to scramble to see like who the team out of the A-10 is going to be. Um, <laughs> good and it's like, like I said, it's a league I respect. There's always, there's always a ton of talented teams, great coaches. Uh, but I think it's only once since 2014 has an A-10 team finished in the top 25 on Kimpom. And that was Dayton in that transcendent 2020 year uh -huh. that got cut short. Yeah. So th that's where I think that like the A-10 is, it's, it's a fine league, good league, but you know, having a true top 25 team, it's it's not something that they always produce. There's a lot more teams who end up in that kind of 35 to 50 range. And maybe that's why we're seeing a little bit so far that, that Dayton hasn't quite been this juggernaut that we thought it would be. Yeah, man. Well, as we get into looking at the actual games in this field, what I want to do, Riley, is identify some players that people can watch. I know some people have been all dialed in on football and are just this week, maybe starting to turn some attention to college basketball. And so if I'm a fan who hasn't started really watching yet, who are some players that we should identify as like, these are some of the dudes to watch in this battle for Atlantis field. You want me to start with the big boys first, or maybe go a little under the radar Let's go big boys first and then under the radar. Yeah. All right, we can start with that that Kansas and NC State matchup with with Kansas. Dewan Harris is someone whose game I love. I mean, he's he's not going to get the headlines that someone like Jalen Wilson does. Who I mean, Jalen Wilson, Kansas is uh, forward coming in, averaging around eighteen points per game. And I mean, I think there's a chance he could enter the National Player of the Year conversation. Uh, he's I mean, he's going to put up points for them. But Dewan Harris is just a an all star at doing the little things. Yes. He he plays some of the best perimeter defense in the country. He might be the best like on ball point of attack defender in the nation. And I think in particular, like NC state is a team who hasn't been as bad as I thought they would be. Uh, they've reminded me a little bit of some of those Kevin Keats teams that, you know, tend to beat up on like really bad teams in the non-conference <laughs> and then usually go like 500 in the ACC sneak in the tournament as like a eight, nine, 10 seat or something. Um, but I, I think Turquavion Smith, who's NC State's lead guard, uh, NBA prospect, he still might get his like 20 against Kansas 25 because he's going to take like. 25 shots, but, <laughs> but I think Dewan Harris is going to, he's, I mean, he's going to be in his pocket. Uh, so 
as someone who I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that matchup. And yeah, Dewan Harris is fantastic. Yeah, NC State is undefeated so far, although against all teams 168 or lower at Ken Palm. Hey, so that's not as bad as in the past. Usually they beat up on like sub 250 teams. So <laughs> that's right. we're taking steps in the Kevin Keats area. You'll love to see it. Uh, somebody that I'm really looking to see take a jump is Santiago Vescovi from Tennessee, right? Like this is a preseason SEC first team player, somebody that just has had a slow start to this year is part of why uh, Tennessee lost to Colorado on a couple Sundays ago. And I, I just need that Tennessee backcourt to figure itself out. And I think it starts with Santiago Vescovi really doing things well. Another player that I'm going to go back to Kansas is, man, I love Grady Dick. Like this dude is one of my favorite freshmen in the entire country. I love like the, the swagger he's come out with this season. In some ways it reminds me of, of a player they had drafted last year in Christian Brown. And like, I am love to see the compliment that he can be to Jalen Wilson. I love how Dewan Harris can be that facilitator that you're talking about to Wilson and, um, and Dick and all these guys that Kansas is rolling out there. And so that's somebody that I am looking forward to anybody else. Uh, maybe one other, uh, Mr. Riley Davis that you're keeping your eye on out of this field. Yeah. Well, first I just wanted to add with, with Grady, I would say NC state, doesn't really have anybody who can attack him the way that Duke sort of targeted him in the champions classics where uh, I think he'll be able to stay on the court this game. And I know this is going to sound like this is not even as like a meant as hate towards NC state. It's just their perimeter defense has been awful to where we could see some, some Grady Dick, some highlights and he could be getting some buckets in this game, but uh, two more names I'll throw out. Manny Bates for Butler. Speaking of the Wolfpack NC state transfer. Yeah, say, yeah. He's been incredible for butler to start the year it's not just been his defense he's also been scoring uh, and controlling the glass and of course i got uh, got to give a shout out to chuck harris their point guard who's just a i mean a bolt of lightning on the court uh cmos lucosius i think i said that right lucosius uh butler wing i i just i like this butler this butler team a lot i think uh, it could be because one of my my heat check cohorts, Lucas Harkins, our bracketologist, he's a Butler grad and has been pretty excited about this team going back to like the Thad Mata hire. Yeah, um, but you know, back. Yep. like like looking at this field is is clear that I think, I mean, it would be a shock if Tennessee and Kansas aren't in the final, but Butler is one of those teams who could they could crash the party a little bit. Absolutely, they could do. And and to what you just said, Riley, for me, give me give me the upsets in March, but I want chalk in November. I want to see Kansas and Tennessee in this championship game on Friday. As you look at these two sides of the bracket, it, would that be your prediction? Is Kansas coming out of their side, Tennessee coming out of their side? Yeah, I think that's what I, I wrote about it for the Field of 68 Daily on Monday, and that was my pick. I, I, I rolled with Tennessee over Kansas, and like picking them in a get right spot just after that, that Colorado loss, but you never know. I mean, Tennessee, they'll have some confounding losses in the non-con and even battle for Atlantis. I mean, it's, it's almost like the anti Maui in the sense that, you know, you see so many offensive fireworks at Maui because you got those soft rims, you got high scoring games, but the battle for Atlantis, it being played in like a dimly lit hotel oh. ballroom, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you get some weird results of those games. Like, wasn't it Carolina who lost to uh, K 
Carolina lost to Butler in the Battle for Atlantis like 10 years ago, just got clapped by Butler. In a game they never should have even been competitive. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. It's ballroom madness, man. That's what you get. So Arizona, remember Arizona lost three games with DeAndre Ayton probably five years ago? Like (laughs) Battle for Atlantis is weird. So it's a weird, it's a weird (laughs) tournament. Uh, for me, I, I have the exact same thing. I think this is a, a moment to bounce back for Tennessee. Kansas is a fantastic team, but honestly, I think Tennessee, despite their 22nd national ranking, is a top 10 team when they're right. And I think, as you alluded to a second ago, we're going to see a little bit of that roller coaster from them until the backcourt can really get things set in motion for me the best first round game honestly is Dayton Wisconsin I'm really excited for that one today I know that's a bit off the radar for some people but if you're if you're looking for uh what actually could be a really highly competitive game check in on that one and honestly BYU USC in the other game that we haven't talked about should be a highly competitive game as well I think right go ahead with BYU SC man I'm just like I mean, it'll be competitive. I don't know. Those are just two teams who I just feel disappointed in early on. You know, like USC, Drew Peterson, someone who I'm a huge fan of and really thought he could carry this team. But, I mean, haven't they already had a bad loss? My, I'm... USC? Yeah. Yeah, I believe they, so. They, they might not have dropped the – oh, they lost to Florida Gulf Florida Coast. Florida Gulf Coast, wasn't it? Yeah. Stopped by them. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this could be a get-right game for one of those teams, but – they both got a lot to prove this week, I think, both BYU and SC. They do. And BYU had a loss to San Diego State, which is totally understandable. But, yeah, both these teams, I think, are looking for a good signature win. And uh, they won't get it against each other, although it'll be a little bit notable. But if they do so, then maybe they could go and get a victory over Tennessee in the championship. Well, Battle for Atlantis is going to be a great field. Can't wait to watch these games starting today and again finishing on Friday with the championship. Riley and I want to take, just take a little uh, trip around the country, see if some things that are already going on right now, some underwhelming players, some players that have kind of come out of the woodwork to surprise us. And we're going to get into talking about those in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball, soccer, and esports, they've got it all at Bet Online. Make sure you check out the lines for today's Maui Championship and, of course, the kickoff for the battle for Atlantis that we just discussed. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Mr. Riley, here is where we're going to go. We've got several categories that we want to run around the nation and look at, starting with big picture, who to you has been the most impressive impressive team of the first two weeks? And let's base it on preseason projections. Yeah, so like exceeding preseason expectations? Exactly. So like, to me, Houston has been the best team in the nation so far, but we expected them to. Who's Mm -hmm. made a giant leap? Yeah, I would say Texas. That's a team that uh, I was sort of out on. I I thought they'd be like in the... Yeah, I thought they'd be in the 15 to 25 range. Um, that's what you, they've done lately in past right, years, right? Yeah, right. Keep going. 
but we did a uh, we did a little Twitter space the week before the weekend before the season, like one last question and answer promoting the almanac and everything. And Chris Beard dropped through, and maybe <laughs> did he really. Let, let yeah, let, let me just say I, I'm easily convinced by coaches i fall for coach speak so i was like wary of this but chris beard won me over in this twitter space talking about his team and that made me think like this might be the year for texas they might finally get it going and and i think that both tyrese hunter and marcus carr have been really good so far like marcus marcus carr is making good passes he's setting his teammates up and i mean tyrese hunter put on like one of the best performances of the year against Gonzaga, that dude could not miss. And whether it's hitting threes or mid rangers, like I thought shooting was going to be a huge issue for Texas and they might've figured it out. And they, they've been doing this still not getting big production from Dylan Desu yet, who I think is that, that X factor. If he can return to form, I know he was injured last year. Like what we saw him at Fandy, his freshman year. I mean, Texas is, uh, they're just outside my top five right now, but they, they're quickly ascending. I think that's a great call. It, it's so good to see Marcus Carr doing what he should have done last year. And, you know, Iowa State fans are just sick right now uh, on the other side of things there. Uh, another big test coming up for the Longhorns next Thursday. They will play Creighton. Love that new arena for Texas. That's good stuff. For me, it's somewhere between Virginia and Michigan State. We've already mm-hmm. touched on Virginia a little bit on the show, so I'll go with Michigan State. Man, Tom Izzo just does it over and over and over again. That, um, To be honest with you, I thought the result against Gonzaga was just kind of the factor of what we talked about with Battle for mm-hmm. Atlantis, just the unique environment, being on the aircraft carrier. It's right. like, all right, cool, whatever. But then for them to follow that up by beating Kentucky in the Champions Classic, it's like, oh, man. Izzo might have something going on here. Now, we're going to have to wait and see on that. What happens when you get into the gauntlet of Big Ten play Mm -hmm. um, and and all of those things. But I love what Michigan State has been doing. Love to see them jump from unranked straight on up to like, I think they're 12th in this week's new rankings. What about the, uh, the poor unfortunate souls that are on the flip side? Who has been the least impressive team of the first couple weeks relative to expectations? Yeah, I'll go with the Sunshine State has just been a, a six pack of mid between <laughs> like Florida was a team who I was expecting to be in the conversation as a top 15 team. Uh, they've already suffered a, a questionable loss. It's slipping my head right now, but uh, more more notably, Florida State has been awful. And that's a team who I like all offseason. I was like bounce back Knowles, like Leonard Hamilton still got it. They're not going to be injured again. And Florida State basically said, like, hold my beer. We're going to be super banged up again. <laughs> and I don't mean to make light of that, but, like, it started with the the injury to Jalen Ganey, ACL tear before the season. Uh, I know Naheem McLeod, he's back on the court, but he's been battling injuries. And, you know, with, with Hamilton, it's like for, gosh, the better part of a decade, we just got used to him having droves of, like, these alien-like bigs and wings coming on the floor, and they just don't have that. I mean, you can get some production out of Cameron Fletcher, uh, Matthew Cleveland hasn't quite become the alpha that no. I thought he would be. And then this backcourt, the the combo of Jalen Worley and Caleb Mills, it's just it's not been good. Um and the Baba Miller suspension on top of right, all the injuries. Right. Like Yeah, I forgot to even mention that. Like free Baba, he shouldn't be suspended, but no, uh, <laughs> come on, NCAA. Uh. Even in the middle of that, like Ham Ham has one of been one of my favorite coaches to watch. I think he's just a a stand up dude and an incredible coach, but um 
yeah, it's been it's been rough for him, and I I don't know. I wonder like how much longer is he hoping he can do this? Because even though he looks like he's forty, he's in his seventies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully the Seminoles uh, finally got a victory. Uh, they beat Mercer Louisville, however, Banner, still baby. on the Schneid after uh, continuing to lose. Uh, I believe it was to Arkansas in yeah. their Maui <laughs> opener. So, uh, wow, just woof for the Cardinals. You hate to see it. That Florida loss you referenced, I believe, was to Florida Atlantic. Uh, we always talk about freshmen and freshmen we're watching out for. Who to you has been the most impressive freshman around the country so far? Yeah, I mean, I think Keontae George is one of the obvious choices who's been an absolute bucket to start the year. And he's uh, got but- a baby face. <laughs> I thought um Anthony Black was pretty good in that game against uh who's the, oh against Louisville. Yeah. I mean, but then again, he's basically playing like a, a Sunbelt team at that point. So I don't know how much stock you can put into that. So uh I'll actually rock with Kyle Filipowski, especially compared to my preseason expectations. Like uh, about a month before the season, there were a lot of reports that he had looked overwhelmed at Duke's practice, but so far, it's like, dude, who was watching these Duke practices? Yeah, I was lied to. I was lied to that Filipowski was not ready. I think uh, I covered the the Duke and Bellerman game earlier this week, and he looks so comfortable and confident out there. His shots looking good, and even beyond his shooting, like he's so comfortable shot faking and, and getting to the basket afterwards on the drive. Which being able to do that at seven feet as a freshman, that's pretty impressive. So. I'll give credit where it's due there to, to Filipowski. Yes, absolutely. And and especially because it's, it's not that he's the same level as Zion was at, but he was in that same thing where it's like he was at best third billing to Derek Lively and Derek mm-hmm. Whitehead, similar to Zion with RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish. But he had, and, and I know there's injuries uh, that are factoring into it this year, but he has been far and away uh, the best for them. And if I'm, if I remember correctly is like, four total rebounds away from having a double-double in each of his first five collegiate games. I mean, that's insane. And to the flip of that, if I'm talking about freshmen who have underwhelmed so far, and again, I know we're factoring injuries in, but Derek Lively's been back for a couple games now. He ain't doing anything. Yeah, Yeah, with Lively, it's interesting because I think (laughs) – uh, again, at the, at the Bellarmine game, Duke was playing him out of dribble handoffs, and he had a couple of nice passes, which I didn't realize he had that in his bag. Um, and, and I think still this year, like from friends I've heard in the recruiting world, like Derek Lively's high ranking was more so based on his NBA projection. So I would guess, you know, we're not going to see his best basketball at Duke. His best basketball will probably come four or five years down the line in the NBA, but uh, yeah, to see his lack of shots so far has, has been a little bit, has been pretty surprising, um, especially just what kind of lob threat he is and Duke having two guys in Tyrese Proctor and Jeremy Roach, theoretically, who are sort of supposed to be those like pick and roll wizards to be able to, right. to find, find lively for those easy looks. Friends, it's been so great to be together today. Big thanks to Riley Davis for joining us for the first time here on Locked On College Basketball. Thanks for making our show your first listen of the day. For your next listen, we want to encourage you to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Hope you enjoy all the MTEs, eat all the turkey, and go America, go score all the goals against England this weekend. For Riley Davis, I'm Isaac Shade. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.